This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hey, 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 Swifties, and welcome to episode 175 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. Breaking news, guys. Taylor Talk has officially been nominated for the 2015 Podcast Awards in the entertainment category. Like, this is huge and awesome for us, guys. And it's thanks to you guys out there that nominated us. This is amazing. There were around 65,000 nominations that, like, from people, ballots cast, nominating around 6,000 podcasts. And we were one of them. And we were among the 10 chosen for the entertainment category. Now, it's going to be awesome. Daily voting starts on March 4th at podcastawards.com. So we're really counting on you guys to help us out with this one because we are up against stiff competition, including the guy who beat us last year for the same category. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's a rematch. It's on. So, yeah, we are nominated, and that's awesome. Um, the podcast awards themselves will be on April 14th here that's in Vegas. Few days before my birthday. I think I need a Vegas trip. Yeah, yeah. And Sammy, to make it even more exciting, they're having a red carpet. They're, <gasps> they're doing a whole production, guys. I know, guys. I know. This, this is the real deal. These are the 10th annual podcast awards. There's a red carpet. It's it's a whole black tie event. Is it like black a, tie? I don't, I don't know. know. They oh, want everyone I, to dress nice. They said nice. Really they, high, high dress code. I don't know if it's black tie specifically. Well, I'm going to take but black nice, tie. Nice dress code. Like I said, stiff competition and, you know... There are a lot of really big name podcasts nominated for this award. Uh, Psycho Babble with Tyler Oakley is up for an award. Fortunately, we're not against him or we would stand no chance. Uh, but <laughs> Tyler Oakley's up for an award. Adam Carolla's up for an award. Serial, the podcast, Serial Podcast is up for an award. Is that about Serial? No. Oh. About Serial. So there are literally <laughs> some of the, oh, Freakonomics. Um, that one's up. There there are seriously some huge, huge, huge podcasts up for awards here, and it truly is an honor to even be nominated, you know, among names like that. Think, you guys, that we got nominated, that you helped us get nominated. It's not just, you know, out of thin air. Like, we have to thank you guys. What Sammy said. That, that's <laughs> kind of what I was getting to. Exactly. But Sammy, Sammy nipped it in the bud for me. But huge thank you to all you guys out there. Seriously, like I said, it's a huge honor to even be nominated, which is why it, it, if you guys go out and vote and we can take this award home, I, I don't know. I would do the happiest happy dance you've ever seen me happy, happy. Can we record it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it <laughs> is. There's my commitment to you guys. If we win this award... There will be the happiest, happy, happy dance up on the Taylor Talk YouTube channel. And then if we don't win, we're still going to dance because we're just going to shake it off, right? Yes. Boom. Yes. Diane. And I might do that video. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really giddy about this. The announcements uh, just happened tonight, uh, tonight, as in when we're recording this on March 1st. And it's just I, I can't get over the excitement. Like, this is really, really cool. It's like really cool. So thank you, thank you, thank you again. Love you all. You are the best. On with the episode. Oh, wait. Don't forget. Voting opens March 4th. Podcastawards.com. That's Wednesday, right? Wednesday, March 4th. Even though in their live event, I think they said Tuesday. 
But their website says March 4th, so I'm going with that. Maybe they mean Tuesday at midnight, like when Wednesday first starts to happen. Either way, March 4th, get to voting. I know a ton of you out there uh, listen to a handful of those podcasts I named. Uh, You can vote every day, right? Yeah, daily voting starting March 4th. So every day, there's going to be daily reminders all over social media so you won't forget. So thank you, guys. You are the best. And I said it before, I'll say it again, on with the episode! Yay! So, we got an awesome discussion coming up for you guys. We're going to be talking about one of the greatest songs off of 1989, and I say off of 1989 strategically because it is one of the bonus tracks, which, personally, I think it, it shouldn't have been. But, we'll get to that when we get to the discussion. Before we do that, Sammy, would you mind sharing with us... What has been going on in Taylor's career lately? Of course I can. Um, Taylor was named International Federation of the Phonography Industry Global Artist, Recording Artist of 2014 this week. Um, Taylor also spent a good deal of time in the UK last week. Taylor and Ed Sheeran shared funny stories on Nick Grimshaw's BBC One Radio One Breakfast Show. She also revealed the story behind her bikini pictures in Hawaii. She said that she wanted to get the photos out before the paparazzi did so they wouldn't make money on them. We saw her belly button. We did. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it is. I, the whole the whole fan world, every the entire world is weird for being obsessed with Taylor's belly button because her or belly button thereof. has been exposed many times before. And we all have one. It's not like something we've never seen before. Um, Kyle XY doesn't have one. Kyle XY is a fictional character. <laughs> oh, my I'm, I'm surprised it doesn't have its own Twitter account yet. Oh, oh my God. That's what Can happens. you make one? <laughs> I'm no, sure no, no, there no. is a Taylor's belly button I, Twitter account. But I feel like that could get gross really fast. Like, oh, <laughs> there's lint in me today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so weird. <laughs> well, needless to say, it was clever to snap that picture with, uh, with Heim before the paparazzi could. Because that is goes along with what we were talking about with the Vogue article last week about how Taylor is trying to take the narrative of her life back into her own control. Yeah, and um, I feel like if she hadn't, um, she hadn't um, posted that picture herself, like it, I don't know, like the world would have been a very different place because people would have made money off her shot and it would I don't know it would just be weirder so I'm really happy that she put that out there herself because it's her body like she has the right to do you know she's do you think ownership the, of it do you think the paparazzi would get extra money for exposing her belly button I, I'm sure those photos would have been worth they would have been worth a lot of money had she not posted those photos and yeah. that's what she and that's what she was trying to avoid is that she doesn't want someone else to make money off of her body mm-hmm Right. Which is just gross. Sammy, I'm very <laughs> sorry for interrupting your news segment. That's okay. You do it every week. <laughs> um, Taylor was also honored as LUK's Woman of the Year at the L Fashion Awards. And Taylor took home her first Brit Award this week for Ooh. International Female Solo Artist, as everyone yells over sorry. me. <laughs> we were excited. My gosh. <laughs> she also opened the Brit Awards with Blank Space, taking the... Uh, quote, new money suit and tie lyric to a whole another level. I loved it. I thought it was yeah, awesome. I, I dare I say it, I liked it better than the AMA performance. I did too. 
I'm kind of. I think that the AMA performance was more um, targeted, not targeted, more like taken from the music video, whereas the Brit Awards performance was taken more from the song. And I'm hoping that we see something similar to that performance on tour versus the AMA performance. Although they were Sammy, both great. Re- somebody, anybody, refresh my mind. AMA performance. What, the AMA. Which... She was on the table, on the floating table, and she did the magic trick right. with the rose she was fire. Right. Yeah. And I thought the... that was cool, though. No, I thought it was cool too, but it was definitely more of like an concept taken out of the music video in regards to being in the huge house with all the, you know, the guys running around and the pictures of all the, the guys. Great Gatsby in the music video. Yes. Yes. Okay. Whereas <laughs> this one was definitely, um, while it was only part part of the song, it was more of a performance about the song than a performance about the music video. Well, with every live performance she does between now and tour, we'll just keep an eye out for things. And, you know, and, and then once tour rolls around, we'll see how much she kept, what she changed. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of these, a lot of live performances aren't necessarily an experiment, but a good opportunity to judge people's reaction to different performance tactics and sets and scenes and and things mm -hmm. like that to see what people like. And since she's just started um, tour rehearsals in Nashville, chances are that things that she's doing now are, you know, things that she is toying around with for tour. So, you know, she wants to see how it kind of works on the audience and things like that. Although obviously we have no reason to know that other than past situations. (laughs) Alrighty, well, um, what else we got? Anything else? Uh, yeah, Taylor is on the cover of the Telegraph magazine talking about the last time she was unpleasant to someone and the last time she laughed really hard and about her new ex- her next album. And she also talked a little bit about being in love or not being in love. Sammy, how dare you? What? How dare you, Sammy? How dare you? What'd you do wrong? Oh, Taylor Lord. would never be unpleasant to someone. <laughs> yeah, she apparently when... was, and I don't really blame her what for was being the story? in that situation. Basically, this guy was like, quote unquote, flirting with her um, based off of um, something that an author wrote that's basically the idea is to make a girl feel bad about themselves so that they feel like they have to vie for your attention, and she was having none of it. So ah. it's a tactic that this guy was yeah. trying to. Yes, it's apparently a tactic that some guy wrote about in a book that now other guys are listening to, and that they feel that if you go up to a girl and are super rude to her, then she will feel bad about herself and want your attention. That wouldn't work on me. That would just make me go cry somewhere and like, yeah, run I know. away. I like, first of all, I don't know why he would think that this would work on Taylor Swift. Second of all, I don't know why this works on any girl. Like, that would not make me want your attention. That would just make me go sit in the corner and bawl my eyes out and do really horrible things to myself. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And on that note, thank you for the news, Sammy. (laughs) You're welcome. An abrupt change of topic before it goes into um, Sammy feeling bad for herself. Yeah. But thank you, thank you for keeping us updated with what is going on in Taylor's career. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes of the episode. You keep saying that, and it makes me hungry every time. (laughs) Stop making me want Thanksgiving. The meat and potatoes. All right, so we are here to discuss a song that I feel is like the culmination of 1989. It embraces like everything that is 1989 in this words. one song. Oh, I and totally agree with him. 
Wait, 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 wait. Why are people interrupting my, my little my little monologue? <laughs> like, what's going on here? We're agreeing with you. Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. Which doesn't happen often over on Sammy's side of the mic. <laughs> mm, well, it should. Because if you agree with Adam, that means you're right. Anyway, we are here today to talk about New Romantics, bonus track off of 1989 on the Target Deluxe Edition, and hopefully, very hopefully, soon to see in the U.S. iTunes Store, and it already is in the International iTunes Store. I would assume it'll be out this week. Now, just as a disclaimer, in case anybody's listening to it, this episode, like, a month from now, and they're like, what's he talking about? We are recording on March 1st, 2015. So, as of right now, the song is not in the U.S. iTunes store. But right. most likely will be very soon, and that's why we kind of felt like it's it's worth a discussion. Because, like I said, I feel like this is the culmination of 1989. It, it sums up everything about it. It's like the essence of Taylor's reinvention of herself powerful words i 100 percent agree but that is in fact what i feel like it is it really is a song about you know taylor and her friends rather than a relationship and it's about and by that token it also extends into this is a portrayal of taylor's life as it is now rather than yes. in the past yes does that make sense absolutely i mean does anyone have a differing opinion on that no let's talk about it yeah. Now, something I think is very special about this song is that it actually th- – this just blew my mind. Okay, so Rob Sheffield is a journalist for Rolling Stone magazine, mm-hmm. and he did a Top 25 Songs of 2014 article that appeared in Rolling Stone. One song off of 1989 appeared on that list. At the number two spot was New Romantics. It wasn't even a song technically on the album. What was number one? Yeah, I was just gonna ask that actually. I don't know. I probably should have checked that before. Um, You're terrible. Coming on, I am I terrible. Have the check. answer to this. Oh, thank you. She has it. Seconds of summer. Which one? She looks so perfect. Oh, that's a good oh, song. that's a good song. <laughs> what is it? She looks so perfect. Five seconds of summer. The she Aussie looks voice. so perfect. Five S O S, huh? B T Swizzle for the top spot on Rob Sheffield's list. Yeah, but it's interesting that the, that song was you know, really popular over 2014 and new romantics not only came out in the fourth quarter of 2014, but also isn't even on the regular album. Like Taylor has said of the deluxe songs that she felt that her audience would go out and get the deluxe version to the point where it ultimately seems like they were on the full album, but obviously not everybody did. So they are songs that not everybody knows. So to make a statement saying that it was the number two song of 2014 that not necessarily everybody knows is a big statement well, to make, it especially is, however, for Rolling Stone. Sammy, it is, however, the only 1989 song on this list. That's a huge statement to make. Well, isn't that just his opinion? Isn't it like his it, it top is, and songs? It is. Yeah. He, he even notes in here that he has both hits and obscurities when it comes to, mm-hmm. to songs that are on his list. These are just songs, and that's what's great about it. It's a list that he personally enjoys regardless if it's a hit song or if it's you know one of the obscure songs on uh you know the bonus tracks of an album yeah yeah right you are steve we should make a playlist of all his songs that would be good do it steve we're still waiting on a playlist from you from yeah, like a year ago we are. I'll, I'll, I'll do you a favor i'll actually do it this week i'll put his stuff into a playlist what was, what was the, the playlist notes. you were supposed to make us like all of our oh, what are swifties listening songs. to once <laughs> all right 
one of these days. <laughs> I will do this one, though. I, I promise. One of these days, Alice, right to the moon. All righty. Well, this song <laughs> is full of all kinds of symbolism and all kinds of amazing awesomeness that represents Taylor's life. So let's dig into, dare I say it, the meat and potatoes of the song. Stop it. Well, do we want to talk a little <laughs> bit more about what he mentioned? Because I think he mentioned a couple of very good points that I think are very important. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go into it before we get into the nitty gritty, Steve. Right. And I think that's what we'll hit on here. Um, one of the things that he said that was, uh, he said, uh, and we'll get to that line, I'm sure, is uh, we show off our different scarlet letters Trust me, mine is better. Oh, we were going to talk about that, Steve. Well, yeah. But Come on. He says, Come that's, on. That's, that's one of the best lines in the song. Of course we were well, going to go over that. That's exactly his point, though, is he says that may be the sharpest couplet Taylor has ever written. Mm. So, I mean, I think that was. That's a big that, statement. That's a, that, that's a great statement. The other thing in when we actually get to the music, um, there's a couple of good references that he has in here. And really, I think the big one. And when I listened to the song the first time, it was the. The sound of the pet shop boys. I don't know if you guys have ever heard any of their music no, or not. Not but... familiar. Can you fill us in, please? Okay. Um, kind of 80s synth pop and everything like that. But I think one of the things that's always interesting about the pet shop boys is their music really has a lot of uh, the synthesizers all over the place in it. But their singing is almost like a monotone. And I think that was my big thing with this song. They sound like almost. Yeah, Taylor almost yeah. sings yeah. a kind of monotone through most of this well, song. Well, she's almost kind of talking instead of singing. Right, right. Yeah, are, are you saying, Steve, like, like, are, are, like specifically, are you referring to the sound like right in the opening, like we're all bored, like that, where she's like, yeah, but sort she does of a that a lot throughout and... the entire. She does that a lot throughout the entire song, where it's it's very like she's talking or monotone. So. Mm-hmm. Um, another item I think we'll throw in there is uh, the Pet Shop Boys, uh, West End Girls. We'll put that in the show notes because that that's one of their perfect songs where it's very monotone, and that's oh, that I is what that it on the radio this. Oh, cool! Hey, Steve and Sammy, just so you guys know, <laughs> Diane loves when you mention additional references. She has to add to the show notes on the website. I feel like for we everyone. talk about this every time. We do it's <laughs> because, kind of like, when she's drafting the show notes. She's like, why do we have to keep talking about all these other artists <laughs> that I have to go and look them up and put their music in here yeah, so everyone can see what on. we're talking about? But Steve was so nice um, last week and put them all in, put you know them all in the, the little notes. There. Yeah, the links. That was very nice. So it was easier for me. Right. It it is it is rather important having those though because Steve, like you know, you mentioned what is it? Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys. Yep, I'm not they're... familiar with it, so to understand what you're saying, I'm going to have to go look up their music. So, um, you know, it is definitely important, Diane, to it is. do that. So. No, I agree. She she has one of the most important jobs here, short, short of Adam. Short oh, of Steve. Adam. Steve's the most do? important person on the list. <laughs> Nonsense. Nonsense. I don't know what I do. All I do is talk. You, you are the host with the most. Nah, Steve, that warms my heart, buddy. Well, you're the other host with the most. I couldn't think of a good thing for you. I'm sorry. It's, it's all right. I'm the one that gets stuff off topic. So, do you want to get back into the good lyrics? <laughs> yeah, Steve, of this Steve's going talking about the '80s and the sound of it. <laughs> That's so, relevant. So, so, relevant. So then, Steve, where do you want to go with this? Do you want to talk music or do you want to talk lyrics? I, I think that let's talk just the music first. Uh, I, I really the the big piece is 
the sound of this. I think this is probably just as important as the lyrics. I think they're pretty much right about the same level, mm -hmm. which I know that we've had some other songs where we felt that either the lyrics were stronger or the music was stronger. And I feel that this one's pretty much pretty even for both. No, you're right. And it is important to look at the music as well, because like I was saying earlier about this song being sort of the culmination of everything that is 1989, it has that 80s inspired sound. And that is very important to represent the album as a whole. And then otherwise, you have a very big, powerful sound, too, where this song, you know, a lot of people when the album first came out were saying that they see this song as almost like as, as the next anthem. Like the way um, Mean was and um, Long Live, and oh, yeah. I, I think that that there's a all those uh, couplets in there make perfect posters. What's I think a the song is full. It's uh, like that, a it's, it's a grouping of line. words, like a couple of lines together. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I I, I just figured I would ask because if I don't know, I'm sure somebody listening also didn't know. Um, I think it's actually <laughs> two lines that rhyme. Or they at least have the same meter, I guess, yeah. as usually they say. Well, then. Like <laughs> poems. I mean, you could read this like a poem. I think that's poem. the other. Part. All of Taylor's songs are poems. If Taylor didn't write her songs as poems, we wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> nope. Like, we would have nothing to talk about. We'd be like, yeah, this song's catchy. I can dance to it. It's got no <laughs> meaning, but, you know, I can I can nod my head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but because Taylor writes them like she does, we get to have these discussions. These lovely, lovely discussions. What else we got on the music? Anything? I think that's the, the main things there. I think it's probably time to get into the meat and potatoes of the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes and gravy. Mm. No. It, it's like just gravy. It, no, 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 no. See, Diane, see, the, the whole meat and potatoes thing, the meat and potatoes are the main part of the meal. The gravy is a topping. The gravy would be an accessory. Not, you know, it depends not part on of the who you are because sometimes people have... Um, gravy meat with, with their, their gravy. Not part of the meat and potatoes. All right. So um, before everybody else gets bored, <laughs> before our audience says we're all bored, we're also tired of Diane. <laughs> Whoa. What? What did I do? What did I say there? I'm kidding, Diane. Oh, my Diane. God. That was horrible. He's horrible. I know. I'm quitting, guys. Sorry. Mutiny. Mutiny. <laughs> kick him off the boat. <laughs> voted off the island yep. all right bye guys see ya okay so i'm gonna take over now so the first oh please don't sammy no no gosh if if sammy takes over episodes will be five hours long <laughs> and i know a lot of people that would listen if they were five hours long some someone needs to be here to cut sammy off once in a while and move the episode along all right so we're all bored we're also tired of everything we wait for trains that just aren't coming. So I was talking about the symbolism in it. There's our first appearance, trains that just aren't coming. What's it mean? Well, first, uh, probably before we talk about trains, we have to talk about who we is. Choo-choo. Because <laughs> who is do you she think, talking about? Do you about? think it's Taylor and her friends at a train concert? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's Taylor and her friends. I don't know yeah. if they're at a train concert, but they're no, somewhere. it is. It is absolutely Taylor and her friends. <laughs> okay. The we, I, I, you know, it is important to define that, but I think that part's also obvious. There's not much more to it than is it though. I uh... yes and no actually because I came across an interesting article before this episode, and it's a rather old one. I've seen it before, but while I was reading up for this episode, I came across it again. 
somebody making the claim and the point and backing with evidence that this song was written for Selena Gomez. And I, I, I disagree with that person on a little bit of level. I think Selena is part of a collective of people included in that we. It's not yeah, just Taylor I, and Selena. By I would any agree means. with that. I think that it's definitely, you know, her group of friends as a whole, as opposed to one specific friend. But I think the other thing with this song, which goes along with the concept of it being an anthem, a lot like mean and long live, is that yes, the song is written for these particular women, but the song is also targeted towards, I would say, Taylor's fans who, you know, are in a very similar place in their life to Taylor. You know, also, you know, whether it's they're in their mid twenties, whether they're in college, whether they're in high school, whatever it is, that they're experiencing similar situations to what Taylor and her friends are experiencing. So it is ultimately for those you know, core group of women that we know that Taylor hangs out with, but also for her fans that are in similar life situations as Taylor and her friends. Well, one thing a good writer is always going to do, Sammy, and this is why Taylor's as big as she is, a good writer is always going to consider their audience and write for them. So even though it's about Taylor and her friends, it is for her audience, and she knows exactly what she's doing with that. You know, and I think that she also, you know, took, you know, like I said, situations that her and her friends are going through, but also probably situations that her fans have talked to her about, whether it's about, you know, becoming a confident person after you break up for the situation, uh, break up the relationship or, you know, learning to stand on your own two feet and, you know, becoming a grown up or whatever it is like, you know, taking both the situations that she and her friends have been through and ones that her fans have told her about. That's my personal opinion. Okay, fair enough. So bringing it back to the original question then, getting into the nitty-gritty. I -hmm. changed it up there for you, Diane. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm not Diane. Well, I was the one who told you to change it. (laughs) You don't like meat and potatoes either? No! Okay, so what are the trains symbolic of? What are they waiting for? The trains that just aren't coming. I have my own opinion on the matter if you want me to go first, unless anyone has a head. do it. I think I, I'm going to probably agree with you, but go ahead. <laughs> See, <laughs> well, in my opinion, the trains that just aren't coming are symbolic of a path for your life, the, f- the future. It's like the trains are designed to take you to a specific destination, but it's like now her and her group of friends don't know where their lives are going. So they're waiting for the train that's not coming. So it's possible that they're like stuck in a no mind sort of train station and they don't know where they're going and how they're going to leave like the spot that they're in they're just waiting for something but they don't know what they're waiting for and they don't know when it's coming I don't know it's necessarily a uh, uh, meaning that they're stuck somewhere I think it just means they don't know where they're going But no I I I I disagree with that I actually yeah. think it, they do know where they're going because if you think about it when you're waiting for the train you know where you're going the problem is they're not getting there yet. They're yeah. still at a certain point that, yeah. And I think it is related to either success or the next phase of their life or certain aspects of their life that just haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, Steve. would you at least agree that the trains are like the map of their lives? Yeah, yeah, I'd yes, agree with but that. But I think I think the debate is about you know you think that they don't know where they're going, but I think that. And I think Steve agrees and I think Diane agrees that, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately they do know where they're going. They're just, you know, sometimes in life you can take a different path than 
the one that you're supposed to take. So it doesn't, it's not a direct line from A to A to Z. You know what I mean? So like, you know, trains obviously don't go straight, but they're waiting for a train that should take them from A to Z that's not coming. So does that mean that there's something passive about what they're doing? Because because they're waiting for something else to take them somewhere. They're not making well, a choice to take Diane, themselves somewhere. They're Diane, not driving a car. Hold that, would be hold, that hold that thought agency. though. Hold that thought though. Here's the real question though. Like we were talking about, Taylor writes for her audience. So rather than thinking what it means to Taylor, what do you think it means to you or to her fans? Well, to me, it's like I am 23 years old and sometimes I think I know what will um, happen to me and sometimes I'm not sure. So I'm just waiting for the answer, maybe? See, to me, to me, it means that it's like, you know, I have an ultimate angle that I want to get to, but I'm taking many different paths to get there rather than the straight one. And so, you know, all of the stuff in the middle, like you kind of have to, or at least for me, I have to learn to enjoy the stuff on the path to get there rather than just expecting it to go completely straight there. Do you know what I mean? Steve, do you have something specific it means to you? Well, I think part of it is you have to take these two lines together to really make sense of the story. And that's that they're bored and they're tired of everything and they're waiting for that next level that, you know, something that they're trying for maybe success or something like that where, you know, uh, they're uh, waiting to have their song be a hit or something like that or, you know, just anything in our own lives where – you know, you keep trying for something and you're bored with how things are and that they're not progressing and you have something that you want and eventually, you know, you hope to get to that goal. Well, maybe that tired of everything is referring to the love life they're expected to have that expected to be picture perfect and just as the media writes it as it writes it as. But but it doesn't have to be a love no. life. It yeah, could, it could be something like from, like th- from later of, in the song. I'm kind of skipping ahead, but. But, but think of someone like like Carly Claus. No, it's not it's not about love, no, it's Diane. Not. It's okay. it, that's right. not what the song's about, but it makes reference to it. The like, fact so, that they think moved of someone on like think, I'm sorry, think Steve. Of someone like it's all right. I, I keep interrupting. <laughs> think think, <laughs> <laughs> think of someone like Carly Claus. You know, you're not guaranteed to be a fashion model in Victoria's Secret. That's the that's where you want to get to. That's your goal. And, you know, I'm sure she went through many, you know, auditions and photo shoots and, you know, different agencies and all that to work her way up. And that's the thing is, you know, you just got to keep trying with life. But, you know, sometimes you get to that point that it seems like you're not going anywhere. You're not getting on the next train. Yeah, I I actually agree with Steve, but I kind of think of it differently in regards to like if you do take Carly Kloss, for example, you know, she is a very successful fashion model, but even in her success of that career, she's trying to now better herself by going to, you know, going to NYU. So it's kind of like she's ultimately quote unquote bored of being a fashion model and she wants to get to a different place in her life. So she's waiting for a train that's not coming in regards to being a fashion model. So she's like, all right, I'll take another train and go to school. Can I point out that only Taylor Swift can write a song where a 10 minute conversation can be had on only two (laughs) lines that aren't even necessarily the deepest lines of that song? Just wait. (laughs) There's more lines. Because there are plenty more things to examine in the song, like the next two lines 
we show off our different scarlet letters. Trust me, mine is better. So it's awesome. The, that that is that's the zinger, like Steve was talking about, and that from the article that Rob Sheffield did in Rolling Stone. And scarlet letters is, of course, the highlight of it. That's the big symbol in those two lines. Like, what does it represent? Well, I think you know we probably have to. Well, maybe we don't, but I'm going to anyway. So <laughs> it's a Scarlet Letter is a book <laughs> for yeah. those who are not in the high school age and have not read the Scarlet Letter. Um, you know, and the idea who wrote in the that book, book? Nathaniel uh, Hawthorne. Nathaniel uh, Hawthorne. But Sammy, beyond beyond that though, beyond I know, the but book, in order, I mean, you there's don't something have to beyond the book though is defining there, Scarlet Letter itself. That's there is, but you have to in order to understand what the concept of a Scarlet Letter is, abstract. Actually, is that a word? That's not a word. Uh, abstract mm-hmm. is that you have to understand what it means in regards to the book. So mm-hmm. in the book, I think character's name is Esther. She cheats on her husband right. and she has to wear a, an A for adulterer on her dress at all times. So the idea is that, you know, if you do these thing, these bad things is that you have to wear them on your shirt to represent the bad things that you did. So the entire society can see what you did. So in regards to the song, it's, to me, it's talking about, you know, obviously Taylor is in the media. All of her friends are in the media. So they're very scrutinized in regards to what they do. So, you know, it's talking about, you know, obviously the, the well, not obviously, I don't know. Um, you know, the things that they are judged for and they kind of have to wear them and represent them, you know, and just be like, that's that's what it is. I'm not a perfect person, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna represent them and wear them. I'm and, not a princess. This ain't a fairy and, tale. No, <laughs> and and be proud of the mistakes that I'm making. Well, Sammy, just to be a hundred percent clear, I actually found a good definition in Urban Dictionary of Scarlet Letter. What you it's found come a good to mean? De- you a found good a good definition, definition on an Urban Dictionary. I did that stuff nobody says. Off. No, it is stuff somebody <laughs> says because Urban Dictionary describes what it means in society, not its literal definition necessarily, but what it represents. And in this case, it's a visible symbol of something you have done wrong and regretted, or a stigma of a past mistake you made that follows you. Yeah. Right. So for Taylor, it would be, you know, the concept of her dating a lot of people. So whether or not that's true is irrelevant. It's just that's what follows her around. And the song ultimately is about wearing these situations, wearing, you know, things that you did wrong, wearing regrets that you have and rocking it. You know what well, I mean? That's the, that's the thing, though, Sammy, is the key word I pulled out of that definition is stigma. There is a stigma surrounding Taylor where she is perceived as somebody who simply dates a lot of guys and breaks up with them and writes songs about them and and things of that sort. Absolutely. And all of her friends have those stigmas. I mean, I can go through, you know, all of them from Carly Kloss to Lena Dunham. Yeah, but Sammy, trust me, mine is better. (laughs) Okay, with that line, is she being sarcastic? Like, what's the tone with that? Like, when I hear it, it sounds like she's... um, rolling her um eyes kind of like she's like yeah oh, I, hear, mine's I, better. Hear, I hear sarcasm in that mm-hmm. line i think it's a hundred percent sarcastic <clears throat> sorry i think it's a hundred percent sarcastic because she's like basically saying trust me the stories about me are better than anything they came up with about you yeah i think that's what she means to say i'm sorry steve i feel like you were gonna interject with something 
Um, I just wanted to, and the thing is, I've not actually seen the movie, but even pulling in another one of Taylor's friends. So, um, Emma Stone uh, did the did the movie Easy A, yes, which is, which is actually kind of based Scarlet on Letter. the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Good Fascinating point, information. Steve. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to that next verse there. We're so young, but we're on the road to ruin. We play dumb. We know exactly what we're doing. I think that this goes back to, well, at least the first line goes back to, you know, what we talked about with the trains being on, you know, a road to somewhere, but you don't know where. Um, And I mean, it could be, you know, the train or the road to getting the success that you want or getting your ultimate dream or it could be you know a dead end kind of thing Mm -hmm. i think it's sarcasm again actually um because we're so young we're on the but we're on the road to ruin i see that as going along with the scarlet letter concept i I think it's just what people say about them we play dumb but we know exactly what we're doing it's it's because i mean how many young women celebrities are portrayed in the media as being on the road to ruin, of being the Lindsay Lohans of the world. They all say that and they all think that, oh, well, she's, she's, um, she's, um, you know, she's very, um, responsible now, but oh, just wait, she's going to have a melt, you know, she's going to have like some sort of meltdown. Something's going to happen. They always say that about female celebrities. Yeah. Exactly. And and as far as I know, they don't cry tears of mascara in the bathroom. Which I is do. Next line. I do. <laughs> we cry tears of mascara in the bathroom. Honey, life is just a classroom. I love that line. Mm. And it's I mean, not but, only because Diane and I are studying to become teachers. No, but, but it is because totally the true. best things, the best lessons in life you learn by doing. Yeah. I took it as something different than that. Um, that the entire world is going to treat you the same way that you were um, treated when you were in school so some people never really grow up out of that high school mentality mm. that's how oh, I that's take very it. interesting because Taylor yeah. has gone on the record several times saying you know like her comments on on Tumblr and Instagram and things to people where she says you know the bullying never stops even yeah. when you're an adult things like that so that is an interesting perspective on that yeah, and I actually not- saw it the same way Diane did there at first and then when I looked at it later I actually was with what you were saying Adam so well I mean it could kinda, go both ways I've seen both. yeah I mean that's, yeah. I definitely see both as well it's you know yeah I, I well again it goes back to the idea that um, Taylor writes for her audience. She could have written with a dual intention. It might mean one thing to her personally, but then it could mean something different to each and every one of her fans because it's essentially how, how we interpret it. Yeah. And and that's how the song means something to each and every one of us is mm-hmm. based on our own interpretation and how it applies in our own lives. For sure. So that's a cool line. And then, of course, it jumps into the chorus because baby, I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. Uh, I mean, that line is actually one of the more transparent lines, in my opinion, of this song. Really? Uh, well, I mean, it's transparent in that there, there's really, I mean, it's using sort of a, a metaphor and sim- symbols again and symbolism and all that stuff. But it's pretty obvious what she means. Like, the I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. She's basically talking about all the shots people have taken at her. Yeah. That she's right, had my, accumulated so many of those. If they were bricks, she could build yeah, an entire castle. But, but my question is, on, why a castle? Because it's beautiful, and if someone says something 
mean to you, you can take that and build that into something good for yourself. Or maybe because it's her anthem, like Long Live, and in Long Live, there's castles. Yeah. Um, All right. But no, that was that was faulty logic. It wasn't. It wasn't (laughs) a very good argument. But what is what is my good argument in this case, Steve, is it could mean something deeper. Or maybe it just happens to be something she pulls out of her head because a lot of the visual items in her songs and a lot of – there's just a lot of recurring items throughout her songs like 2 a.m. You know, that appears in several songs. And mm-hmm. um, there's there's a few other things. And, and I think it just happens to be because in her mind when she's writing, she doesn't think of skyscrapers. She thinks of castles. Yeah. But, but, but I, this- I think it is part of the positive – thing you know yeah. that castle is considered something like because you sh- could have said something like because i could build a house or you know <laughs> what, or what else but i could have built a wall that also I mean, doesn't sound as cool of, i mean no, she could have said sky sorry go ahead it, it could have been a wall it could have been a skyscraper it could have been anything but really castle has one of the best connotations to it mm-hmm. to really taking what people are doing that's bad and you know being able to do something good with it I agree. Yeah. I mean, she she could have used skyscraper just for the sheer fact that she talk. You know, she has a whole song about New York, and the whole album is basically surrounding that she moved to New York to get basically a fresh start. But she chose Castle because it has, you know, a very positive connotation around it in regards to being something magical, and you know, like Steve said, building something beautiful out of their issues with her or whatever yeah no sorry oh um i was just gonna say that the word uh castle is also a more romantic word oh yeah and and plus demi lovato has a song called skyscraper that will be in the show notes (laughs) oh steve we didn't even talk about skyscraper stop it (laughs) if you don't know skyscraper we have some issues (laughs) all right so the next line every day is like a battle is is i i think that's one that's one of the most important lines in the song in in the just in the sense that it's like a reminder because that is that's universally applicable. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't matter who you are, whether you're in school, whether you're a working professional, a stay at home parent, um, if you're retired, every single day is a battle towards what you're trying to accomplish. And so I just think that makes that like a huge line. It's so simple, yet like I said, it, it's uni- it can be universally applied to anybody's life. It doesn't matter who and, you are. And I, I mean, for me, when I hear those, especially when I hear the two lines together, and every day is like a battle, but every night with us is like a dream. To me, it's kind of similar in regards to, or in similar in fashion to um, the lines in Blank Space, "Darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream," because it's like you know. You're, you're everyone is dealing with something everyone is battling something but you know at the same time just because you're battling something doesn't mean that there isn't beauty in something in your life does that make sense yes thank yeah. you well you know, the the song that that popped into my head and this is the last one i'm going to force into the show notes but this is a good <laughs> 80s one is is pat benatar love is a battlefield Oh yeah, there okay. you go, Steve. That's that's a classic from way back. So well, I also think if you look at these two lines together, it's also like you fight the battle to get the end reward. Mm-hmm. I, I interpret yeah. it like that as well. And then the next line, "Baby, we're the new romantics. Come on, come along with me." 
this you know, this sex line is my favorite line. Well, as long time. as we got to the line that has the title in it, let's talk about the meaning of the title, New Romantics. Like what's that mean to you guys? Um as in um um as an um English person, I think of the romantic period in art. I believe it was like in the 1800s. So it's like they're the new Shouldn't movement you know that? of art. Yes, it was in the 1800s and 1700s. Somewhere <laughs> around there. Don't quote me. Well, I, I don't think that's necessarily what it <laughs> no. is. I think it's it's redefining the word romantic because prior to this album, all her albums used romance in the sense of a uh, uh, lover's relationship. Yeah. And now she's showing friendship as being the new romantic. That's how I see it. So I, I just think and, that's pretty and cool. And not only not only friendship, you know, because you know, obviously, you know, she got this core group of of women over the past couple of years, but she's also grown to love and respect herself as an individual as, as opposed to being attached to somebody else. And I think the song as a whole is about learning to love yourself as an individual. Does okay, that make sense? Cool. Yeah. So she's redefining what it means to be romantic. Yeah. And yeah. Well, that's why I keep saying this is the essence of the album. This is the culmination of her entire reinvention of herself. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so it, it, should, it should be on the main album, and I'm so happy it's making its debut onto iTunes US, so everybody it, that didn't it, get though? it from Target gets this song. Yeah, it is. Just well, it better, like... but obviously we don't really no, know No, she, she said, the way she said <laughs> okay. it in her tweet was that <laughs> yeah, the bonus songs are coming to iTunes. And then be like, okay, hey, okay. bye, guys. <laughs> and at the time of this recording, two of them already are. She's not <laughs> leaving off the best song on the album. She's not going to keep it to herself. No. <laughs> If she does, how dare she? All right, so Heartbreak is the national anthem. Another unique one because... That's my favorite line. Well, it is really cool because this is about her and her lady friends. You know, they've all endured a level of heartbreak and factoring in her musician friends like Selena Gomez, um, you know, she had a boyfriend named Bieber. And as far as I know, they're not together, although I can't verify that because I don't follow it they're close not. enough to know when they break up and when they get back together because it's happened before. Else. Supposedly, she's with someone else. Oh, good. Not supposedly. They 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 are completely out there. Okay, that's good. Oh, perfect. Well, either way, <laughs> she also has songs related to heartbreak. Uh, so I just think that's, to me at least, that's a shout out to just sort of the fact that she and all her friends have been through it. Well, so has most everyone on the So planet. has everybody, yeah. I guess. I, I you just guess? more so in the context. <laughs> I meant more in the context of this song. How did but... you avoid that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Steve, cover for me. <laughs> What's the next line, Adam? <laughs> we sing it proudly. <laughs> But, I mean, that goes hand in hand with that. Yeah. I don't think there's much to that. But then another huge line of the song, we are too busy dancing to get knocked off our feet. I think that this, you know, goes back to, you know, building a castle out of the bricks that they threw at her. It's, you know, a lot of people are going to try and tear you down, whether you're Taylor Swift or you're, you know, 15-year-old Sammy um, or whoever you are. But, you know, the idea of, you know being able to stand up for yourself and you know it's that same concept of shake it off that you know dance 
you know, and dancing and while they're hating on you and just keep dancing kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, I think this is the power of the song. We're too busy dancing to get knocked off our feet. You can't affect us. Me and my girls. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the we're the word I can't say on this show. We're the S-H-I-T. Like, that's what she's saying. She's saying we're the coolest, biggest, baddest kids on the block. You can't knock us down. That's what she's saying there. It's oh the God. power. <laughs> it's the power of her and her crew. You mean her, her and her squad? Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag squad. Taylor and the girls. The, you have to use the right word. The squad. Is that what they call them now? Yeah, that that's, that's is what the they're word. called. Is that no, what this fan base has brought into? No, that's just a general thing. Along it's, with all the other ridiculous slang terms this fandom uses? No, it's not just the fandom. It's it's what you're called. You no longer have a posse. You have a squad. Well, I'm sorry. You young kids need to keep me updated on, on the, the current lingo. <laughs> we just updated you. Do people still say lingo? I don't know. Mm, I don't think so. All right, well, that's that, and I think that line is powerful. <laughs> and then, finally, sums up the chorus with, I, I feel like I keep, with every line, I keep saying, this is one of the best in the song. They're just all that good. But the chorus ends with, the best people in life are free. You know how long it took me to understand <laughs> this lyric? An embarrassing amount of time. Why? It's pretty obvious. You keep saying things are obvious, but you know what, Adam? To some people, that's not true. Um, Because when... Like when I first heard the best people in life are free, I I thought of like free as in terms of like shopping, like oh that's cheap or that's not expensive or things are expensive, things are free. So, but the best people in life are free. I was like, wait, what is she talking about? Like people, best people in life are cheap. What? How is she devaluing her and her friends? And then it was like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, I get it now. No, it's a play on it's a play on the old saying, the best things in life are free. Which would oh what, maybe that's where I was getting it from. Yeah, no, 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 but the best things in life are free also doesn't mean they're cheap. That's referring to those life-changing, those lifelong memories, those experiences you have. That's what it's talking about is that material possessions are not the best things in life. I Well, I see this line now as the best people in life are, um, are um, independent. Well, it, it, you can see it either one okay. of two ways. I, th- I think that's it, you know, where you're a free spirit, something like that, that you do things the way that you want to. You know, as being a person, that's the best way to go through life, that you can want to do and be able to accomplish what you'd like to try to do and, and everything like that. But the other meaning, I think, is that the best people like to have as friends, y- you just someone that you would just get along with that you know you don't have to buy friendship and everything like that it's just someone that you've run into and you just create a great uh you know enjoyable friendship with well i think the reason this line is so incredibly important to this song is because going back to that the general idea of this song it is taylor's life now you know she's it's this line is equivalent to I am finally clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what it is. The best people in life are free. It's like free is like not bound by anything. Free is in not following anyone else's rules. Free is not living your life for someone else like you would be in a relationship or a toxic relationship specifically. It's being mm-hmm. able to live in the moment for you and for your friends and family for that matter. Bravo. Or friends that are family or family that are friends. 
Something like that, Sammy. <laughs> so next verse, we're, we're getting through it. We're taking forever to get through this song, but that's okay because this song's that important. Um, we're all here. The lights and boys are blinding. We hang back. It's all in the timing. So that, I, I, I think, is a paying, paying homage there to New York again. Well, to me, that sounds like a red carpet event. Yeah, I get more of like a lucky one kind of feel for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, and then when she says we hang back, um, um, it's all in the timing. Is that why she's always kind of like late to award shows? She's always like one of the last <laughs> people to show up on the red carpet. No, I think that's <laughs> so she doesn't have to sit around and do nothing for a long period of time. Oh. Um, but if you take this verse as a whole and move on to the next one, it's poker. He can't see it in my face, but I'm about to play my ace. That's why I think this line goes back to the whole New York thing. Because to me, it feels like they're at some sort of event, some sort of party, some sort of club, some sort yeah, of club. something. And it's like, like I, I I don't know how to describe what I'm thinking right now. But that's just sort of how I, the environment in which I picture this scene happening. Well, I, I think this actually kind of goes with uh, from our news segment there about the, the last time that Taylor was uh, mean to someone. How so? You know? Well, because, you know, I think this is an example of, you know, a guy's bringing his best A game there. He thinks, you know, oh, look at this. You know, she likes me, blah, blah, blah. This is working as my plan. And she can see right through it, you know, and that's the point of the whole poker face that she has where, you know, he thinks that she's eating every word that he's saying. And lo and behold, she's going to be like, um, yeah, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> I never told a joke this episode. You don't need to tell a joke. Can we Steve, keep talking about this? Steve, song? how do you how do you injure uh, Lady Gaga? Poker in the no, poker face. You poker, poker face. face. I was gonna say poker uh, in the eye, but that was <laughs> that's a horrible one. Oh my god. Where did that come from? She poker? has a song called Poker Face. Uh, you know, can't read my can't read my no, you can't read my poker face. Um that one Taylor Swift tweeted about her today. She did, and I didn't understand it. I didn't maybe it's just her, yeah, because she said Steve, do you me. do you know something that's going on with Lady Gaga that that, that would explain that tweet? Steve's mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> the only thing that I know, which is really cool, is she performed um, the songs from the Sound of Music. Sound of at the Music. Oscars. That was amazing. Yeah, but that was like a week ago. Like, why is she only saying that now? I mean, she got in- engaged since then. Like, what? Else? Well, I don't hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. I pulled up the tweet. Taylor said, is it just me or is Lady Gaga like fully living in all caps right now? So this tweet is actually relevant to our discussion right now because I think that was just a tweet of admiration because Lady Gaga is living. It's it's she's being free, just like the best people in life are free. But she also just got engaged. So wouldn't that be the opposite? Uh, A guy on um, Chicago Fire. Um, Not necessarily, Sammy, because relationships only bound you if they're toxic relationships. If it's good relationship, it frees you. Fair. Because you have someone but, but supporting I, you. I don't think Taylor's uh, an, um, anti-relationship. No, I don't think she is either. I'm <laughs> oh, just, of course I'm just she curious. doesn't hate men. <laughs> no, she doesn't at all. I'm just curious what that is in regards to. I don't know. Maybe just Lady Gaga has a lot of good things going on right now. Yeah, maybe. Or what Taylor values. Yeah. Maybe. All right, so we need love, but all we want is danger. We team up, then switch sides like a record changer. This is actually the only line in the song that I'm a little bit confused on, that I'm just like, huh? I see this line as maybe it's the media's portrayal of them. 
Yeah, they I, I crave love, I, but they want drama instead. Yeah, I get a blank space vibe with this verse. Mm-hmm. I like regard- that. Actually, it, I think you're right. Yeah, because it doesn't make right. sense otherwise. And if it does, no, I don't. Taylor, so I don't. I think it's more sarcasm and you know the the concept of of what the how the media sees her and her girlfriends because it's you know the, the way that the media portrays Taylor is not original to Taylor. Like they say these things about almost every female celebrity whether they're in taylor's um um what's the word um squad or or they're just some you know random female celebrity you know so what you're figuring is that it's a media's misconception of taylor where it says we need love but all we want is danger meaning we need like they crave it, but like they keep getting into these toxic relationships and mm-hmm. then they team well, up and switch and, sides and, like a record changer is, is I'm so in love with this person. Then I hate them and I write mean songs yes, to yes. drag their name through the mud. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, and then the next line is, I would imagine sarcasm. You know, the rumors are terrible and cruel, but honey, most of them are true. Obviously they're rumors, so they're not going to be true. Mm. But she says, but honey, most of them are true. It's almost like, like she's telling a secret. I, th- this this little bit here confuses me too, Adam. Did she not say something recently? This could have been in a dream. Sometimes I confuse my dreams with real <laughs> life about about there being truth in rumors. Not that I'm aware. Of. I don't know if she said recently. that, but I would say something like that. There's truth in rumors. There are. Sometimes there's absolutely not. The only thing that's true are the people's names involved. I don't know, but it's a very intriguing oh. line. And if it is, in fact, about that media thing, again, this song becomes like the summary of the entire 1989. Yeah. It touches I, on every point she's trying to make in 1989. Nothing nothing comes up, but I think that it, you know, like I said, I think it goes along with the concept of Blink Space being, you know, taking what the media is saying about her and her friends and flipping it to make it, you know, make it seem like it's all true when in reality it's not Hmm. i'm not sure i feel like there's more to this verse than than we're getting at though i feel like in this song she used a lot of very specific words and they're also like I, I, i don't know so on point and like they're so I specific mean, that i don't even know if i understand them all i mean just it's hard j- just because the lines aren't necessarily as deep as some of the other lines doesn't mean that they're not important. You know what no, I mean? And doesn't it doesn't mean deeper. doesn't mean that we're missing something. I don't I don't know that it does. Like I mean, yes, yeah, some of these lines are very in-depth and some of them have multiple meanings, but some of them are very straightforward and you know, that doesn't make them less powerful. They just happen to be straightforward. Hmm possibly but then the the song just finishes up with repeats of the chorus plus the bridge which which is please take my hand and please take me dancing please leave me stranded it's so romantic i now, don't understand this the i part, think that's i think that's more sarcasm i mean no part, one wants, i don't no no no, 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 no wants, sammy is please take my hand and take me dancing is romantic the line that's confusing is please leave me stranded Maybe she's going back to that line where she says we need love, but um, all we want is danger. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait. What? Hang on. What? 
Okay. So I just looked up stranded in the dictionary. It seems to be a habit of mine this episode. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> and one of the definition left without the means to move from. So going all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to our first discussion on the trains that just aren't coming. If she's defining that as part of the romance of this song, then that those two lines could go hand in hand. Please leave me stranded because she wants to be in that position where she's free to move forward in any direction rather than get on the train and go in only one direction. But I feel like the word stranded is negative. It's like you're stuck in a place yeah, that, you were um, abandoned. But wouldn't be trains that just aren't coming. That's what you guys interpreted as is being stranded at a train station. Right. But I don't, I don't see it as being a positive thing. No. That's, I agree with Diane on that. It's stranded is not a good thing. I can't th- think of, think of one thing where you're like, "Thank goodness I was stranded there when I was <laughs> trying to." You know, it when I got that I flat tire. Of, yeah, um, remember I got stranded there with that flat tire. That was the best thing to happen to me all day. <laughs> doesn't sound well. Steve, if if you're thinking of it like that, you're absolutely right. But if you're thinking it from a more abstract perspective. It could be a situation where you're left alone to be yourself, to be in your own thoughts, to get left lost to in your, your own, own thoughts. Devices? And, and what? Left, left to your, to own, your devices. own devices. But then yeah. wouldn't she have used a different word then? No, not necessarily negative. because that goes back to the concept of a new romantic and, you know, the best thing, best people in life are free. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't know why I keep saying that, um, you know to us to most of society the concept of being stranded is a negative thing but you know this also goes back to throwing bricks and making something beautiful you know you're in a bad situation you're being left quote-unquote stranded you can still make something beautiful out of that so you know maybe she is being sarcastic but maybe she's not and maybe she's you know meaning yeah this is a you know this was you know a bad situation but i'm gonna make something good out of it or I just thought of something. Maybe the bridge is her talking to a man and she's being sarcastic about how this is romantic, even though it's not. Like she's, oh, it's so romantic when you abandon me. In that case, it feels out of place in the song. Yeah, because the whole rest of the song, she's talking to her friends. So, so I don't know. you know, maybe maybe she's talking to her friend. You know, I mean, I've definitely gone out with girlfriends and been ditched before and you have to make the best of the situation i mean i don't think her friends would ever ditch her but there is always you know that that does happen and so you have to learn to make the best of the situation okay fair point so diane yes if you could build a castle out of one through 13 bricks that were thrown at you <laughs> and it had to be a castle that represents this song how many bricks tall would it be wait are 13. we not gonna do a music video no sammy we Why? Don't have enough time. we're oh. we're already at an hour in the episode and we have more to do y'all want to know what my idea for a music video if is, it takes is, 10 tweet seconds. me if, no, if no, you have five no. seconds no no Diane, so if you could build a castle between 1 and 13 bricks tall, representing how much you love this song and how awesome a song it is, how many bricks tall would this building be? 13. Sammy? 13. Steve? 13, but that's not a very tall building. No, it's really not. That's like a stool. Well, Steve, I was trying to put a spin on our ranking it from 1 to 13, because that was boring. I wanted to build 1 to 13 bricks. My ranking is... 
A 13! Yeah. Is there anything that you're going to rate not a 13? Nope. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> have an opinion. <laughs> okay, once we get past 1989 and get into some of the older work, then I'll, I'll consider something below a 13. Okay. Not but on Adam, 1989, think, though. Yep. I, I think you're right, though. This song is almost like the Cliff's Notes of the entire 1989 songs. So I, I think that's why we enjoy I, this one a I lot. Taylor's life as a whole. Like, I mean, obviously this isn't, you know, her whole life. But I think of the past couple of years, this song is very reflective on how she has decided to, you know, take a new direction in her life and live for herself. Sammy, that was what we've already said like 20 times this I episode. Know, I was saying it again. She wanted to say it again. <laughs> Can I repeat my point about it being the culmination of the entire album again? Because no, I just did that. Agree. Please do. <laughs> I, I just did that. However, one last point on this song, though, is I would almost say it could arguably have been track number whatever clean is. 13. I think it could have been the summary of the, it could have been the final track on the album very easily. I think, I think it, it could have been. been the first track. I'll leave you with that food for thought while we get into some If Swifties Ruled the Worlds and You Know Your Swifty When, all submitted by you guys. Steve, if you could please give us the first one. Okay, the uh, first one we got. If Swifties Ruled the World, Taylor would be able to freeze time so she could make songs, and then she would be able to do more things like tours and meet and greets. She should Boom. definitely freeze time to do more meet and she greets. She should become Elsa. She should she it, should get that watch from Clock Stoppers. But that makes her old. <laughs> oh yeah. You have to think about the side effects. Okay. Um you know you're 50 when you finish an episode of Taylor Talk and either listen to another 5 maybe or go listen to all my favorite Taylor songs. Ah. Jade via email. <laughs> I love you Jade. <laughs> you're Aww. the coolest. <laughs> So Shine Swifts on Twitter says, you know, you're Swifty when you purposefully take a detour when driving with your friends so you can listen to more songs from 1989. Yeah. Nice. Do you know what's funny is I actually got when 1989 got upset or came out, I got really upset when um, I ended up moving closer to work because I had a short commute and I could only <laughs> listen to three songs, which meant I always had to pick three songs from 1989 to listen to. And it was really oh, hard. what a dilemma. It That's was horrible. That's okay. the worst this, thing I've ever heard. This next one comes from McKenna via email, and they say, you know you're Swifty when you say, okay, I, I'm i going to stop this um, Taylor Swift song when it gets to a good place to stop. Um, and then you think, wait, there's no good place to stop, so you just start dancing. <laughs> dance, dance. Don't make me this put next that song. Don't put me put that song on the thing. You interrupted Ooh, Steve, Diane. That was rude. It's, 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 it's all good. <laughs> Uh, this next one comes from Kevin via email. You know, you're Swifty when every character you make in role-playing games look like Taylor. Like in The Sims? I think like The Sims. And what such, about yeah. like one of those like Halo-type battlefield games? W- would Taylor look <laughs> awesome with machine guns and rocket launchers Will or what? Will they let you make yeah. a girl in those games? Sure. It would be sexist yeah. if they too. didn't. It would be. Uh, the last one is from Shay via email. If Swifties ruled the world, everyone would have red lipstick at all times. Even the boys? <laughs> I was uh, just thinking that. I don't know how good I would look in red lipstick. Let's try it. No. <laughs> no. Make him look like Miranda Sings. <laughs> all right, real quick before we go, what are Swifties listening to where you guys share what is on your iPod besides Taylor herself? Because we already know that one. Red T Swift emailed us. And uh, said that she's, list- she's listening to Love Me Like You Mean It by Kelsey Ballerini. 
Steve, do you oh. know this song? I hear this I song actually, on the radio. I actually met her in Nashville last summer. How about that? Yes. Well, it's a catchy it's a catchy tune. So if you're interested, go check out Love Me Like You Mean It by Kelsey Ballerini. And of course, the last thing before we go, pull out your pens and calendars, or rather your iPhones and your iCal app, and uh, note what ta- the, what Taylor is going to be doing soon. Okay. On March 15th, uh, Taylor Swift's 1989 is nominated for International Album of the Year for the 2015 Juno Awards. Woo! On March 29th, uh, Taylor is nominated for... Um, Artist of the Year, Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Fan Army for the Swifties, and Lyrics of the Year for Blank Space for the 2015 iHeartRadio Music Awards. This show will broadcast on NBC at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Yay! Thank you for the calendar, Diane. I know, everybody, this episode ran a little bit long, but I hope you guys loved it because I really feel this was an awesome discussion of what could arguably be one of Taylor's best songs ever, ever written. Ever, because it's awesome. That awesome. Like, like ever. ever. I'm like nodding ever. my head. <laughs> Sammy's nodding her head. You can't see that because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys sitting through the last hour with us and uh, joining the discussion. It was a lot of fun. Remember, guys, you can always contribute to the episode by reaching out to us. We have a ton of different ways you can contact us. You can, of course, email us, podcast at taylortalk.org. Tweet us, Facebook us, Taylor Connect us, all to username Taylor Talk 13. We have some brand new social media accounts over on Instagram and Tumblr. And our username there is Diane. What's our username there? I haven't used the Tumblr uh, page in a while. Taylor Talk Podcast. That's it. I forgot because that one's new. Taylor it's Talk very Podcast. New. Uh, leave us some voicemails so we can hear your voice. I know this was a ton of different ways, but there is only one link you have to remember, and that is taylortalk.org slash contact. And all the different methods are listed for you there. But I did, however, lie because there are, in fact, two links that you need to remember. Besides taylortalk.org slash contact, be sure to visit taylortalk.org slash episode 175 to check out the show notes from this episode. And all the supplementary materials like those bands that Steve always pulls out of nowhere and shares with us that we've never heard of and <laughs> things like that. There's a lot of good stuff there and Diane works really hard. So taylortalk.org slash episode 175. Love you guys for listening, but that wraps it up for I this week. I have one week. more thing to say. Oh my gosh, Diane. I was in a flow. Is the dress white and gold or blue and black? Blue and black. It, it's blue and black Steve? and that's not just because Taylor white said it. It's gold. because that is the actual color of the Steve, dress. Steve, what, what did you say? I said white and gold, but yes, Adam is right. The actual dress is blue and black. It is weird. Yeah. And I said it's blue and black before Taylor said it was blue and black. I'm not just agreeing with her. It is legit blue and black. Okay, okay, okay. All right. For episode 175 (laughs) of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam. Diane. Sammy. And Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Golden white. (laughs) Blue and black. Golden white. Blue and black. One last reminder, guys. Please remember to vote daily for Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, in the entertainment category at podcastawards.com. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for your votes. Bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.